Hello and welcome to On Mission, a podcast from the Catholic Apostolate Center. My name is Chris Pierno, and I'm joined by Father Frank Donio and Kate Fowler, and we'll be discussing the church after COVID. So, folks, uh, here we are, finally, in many areas of at least the United States and, and, and other areas of the world, we're kind of emerging from the severe restrictions that we found ourselves in during the real depths of the pandemic. I, I don't think it's safe to say that the pandemic is over by any means, but as more folks have become vaccinated and you know the transmission rate is, is going down, we have seen a lot of secular opportunities start to open up, businesses, entertainment venues, things like that. But also now we are seeing our churches, our dioceses, archdioceses, parishes are starting to relax some of those restrictions, You know, still keeping some of the more passive things in place to keep folks safe. But certainly the big thing is having fuller churches now, or at least the opportunity for fuller churches. So what, you know, what, what are we seeing? What are you guys seeing in the field, so to speak, as we kind of return back? The first experience that I had of, of a full church was when I went down to New Orleans at the, in early June, first weekend of June for the ordination of a former student, ordination of the priesthood. He was ordained for the Archdiocese of New Orleans, Father now Father Johnny Gibson, who we we did a, a webinar with him uh, around racism not uh, about a year ago when when he was a transitional deacon, and there I am in the cathedral and it was it was packed and I and I said wow you know this is this is quite something. You know, there was not there was no distancing there were no masks other than people who chose to wear them and. The Archbishop, Archbishop Amen, made the point that this was the first time that they were able, it was that was the first weekend where they didn't have these restrictions and had invited people to come back to Mass and to receive the Eucharist and to, to, to be present. And yet it was also still live stream for people who couldn't be there and or or didn't or chose not to be there or their health was such that they you know didn't want to put themselves in that situation or they couldn't travel uh, because the, of travel restrictions they were coming out of the, from outside of the country so it was it was quite something to be that that being the first time to go to, to be at an ordination and to see you know these and to be con celebrating and and having that experience yeah, I'm noticing just that churches are still not up to full capacity, at least personally in our area and neighborhood. And I feel like there's just been some transition of like, you know, we've we've been living with the effects of COVID now for over a year. And I think that, you know, it's it's reflected in church attendance. I, I think that I was really impressed personally by just how flexible I saw so many parishes becoming in their use of of media and technology and just getting online, doing sermons, virtual retreats. And um, I was really impressed by that. I think, I think one of the things uh, when this extended situation really moved the church, I'd say in the United States at least, and, and uh, there's other parts of the world, really 10 years out in terms of, of advancement technologically. Yeah. There were so many priests, yeah, so many priests who would never allow their homilies to be recorded, and then suddenly there they are doing live streams. 
and it's just out right. there and their comfort level completely changed or even something as simple as like online donations or or all these things again which there wasn't a high percentage of this going on and there are just different ways these different programs and things and we certainly saw that with the center and, and our resources just expanded and exploded the number right of resources. And I, I think, you know, as as much as we at the center have, I, I think while we did pivot, I don't think we're pivoting back. And I think a lot of churches, a lot of parishes are trying to figure out now, well, they, we don't want to pivot back, but how do we continue to move forward and still provide the services and the outreach that they need to provide, but still with a an encouragement to experience things in person? I think there's a lot of navigation that's happening. I see it in the newsletter, e-newsletters, and in the bulletins and things that are coming out of my parish that's like, well, we're still doing this small group and virtual over here but you know we're we're going to be in the back of church collecting sandwiches for this thing or you know we're doing a drive by this and you know it'll be very interesting to see what is continued what is kind of kept uh, as best practice that we learned through the pandemic or, or through the, you know through covid and and maybe what kind of we pivot back to I think we certainly realize the importance of community as church. And I think we miss that not only as members of the body of Christ, but even, you know, being isolated from family and friends. And so the church has been kind of thinking about how can we continue community and what it means to be church and what it means to congregate in different ways. And I think that we've found that we can still successfully build community, of course, not in the same way as a face-to-face or or in-person event does, but that we can still facilitate and foster that community through these virtual events that you were talking about, Chris. And I think there's room for both in the church. And I think, you know, like I I lead a small group as well of women and we we continue to meet virtually and, you know, and we do that too, because we've also realized that it's helpful. You know, many of the people in my community are moms and some of us would have a commute to our women's group. And so, you know, just taking into account where the church is and offering both in-person and virtual events, I think is going to be really successful moving forward in reaching more people and in just giving people options for participating in church events in a way that they might not have been able to even before the pandemic. You know, another thing too that Kate touched on, you, you touched on, is the idea of relationship. And I think what we, uh, certainly what I have experienced and is this idea of how did I interact with people before, during, and now how am I going to interact with people now? And I think a lot of folks' outlooks in terms of the importance of of being present to their friends and their family has changed in a positive way because we were without it for so long. And I I think that you're going to see people taking another look at the importance of getting together with friends, getting together with family, making the time to to see, to touch, you know, to ha- to embrace and like because we could lose that again. We want to make sure that we are taking advantage of every opportunity to do that and you know, I I think prior to COVID 
was easy to take the easy way out. And we devalued the importance of it all. And I think one of the positives that are coming out of coming out of this is, you know, we're, we're making it a priority again. And also who's important in the sense of who relationally is important? You know, who have we kept connected with during this, this time? Who's con- kept connected with us as well? And, and some churches, some parishes, and, and the studies are already showing this, that decided to not take some of those extra steps to keep connected to their parishioners, they're the ones that are struggling. They're struggling with people returning, they're struggling financially, they're struggling in all sorts of ways because they just decided to be almost like an ostrich and stick their head in the ground and not say, okay, we're, we're going to come up with some other way of doing this, of, of reaching out to people. My concern is, is that they're going to turn the switch off in a number of instances. Well, people are coming back. Okay. But, but what about the homebound? What about people who you've evangelized by what you're doing and people go looking for that or they, they've made a connection? I think there is this fear that, well, you know, well, people are doing it in lieu of going to mass. There may be some people who that may be the case, but I I think the ones who that is the case, maybe it's just they can't be there. And I think it's it's very important for people. I've heard from some you know some people who maybe have ended up homebound. Maybe they got in an accident, something happened, and you know their parishes are not providing the live stream anymore or as regularly as they did. And that was something that was important to them because they were in daily mass goers and something that they got into the habit of doing. And I think that parishes, particularly in various ministries, need to think about how they're going to do it. Also, people's expectations have gone up. For example, oh, okay, you're having an event. Well, there must be then some other way for me to connect to that event. And that expectation has been raised. And if we stop doing it, we're we're losing a certain level of engagement of people that we could have by saying, oh no, that's too much for us to do. But if it's all set up, why not? Why can't we? And I think there there are just opportunities there, particularly from an evangelization perspective, that are are very important. The other piece is too is just many believe, you know, that that people have kind of gotten through this time and that there's going to be a lot of crash in in the sense of they've kind of, you know, steeled themselves. I'm going to get myself through this. And then they kind of let go. And that's when a lot of problems start to occur. Emotional problems, spiritual problems, even physical ones. And that's starting to manifest itself. Mental health professionals are seeing that. Priests and religious are seeing that. And so how do we, how do we attend to all of that? Not only from the mental health perspective, but just in general, people's health and well-being and their spiritual health and well-being. Yeah, I completely agree, Father. I think that we're just coming out of this almost like, well, we first we were basically like in this emergency mode of how do we even function and survive on a day-to-day basis? And then we learned how to sort of cope and adapt to the new normal. But I don't think that many people have actually now spent time reflecting on what has this past 
year and a half meant for me? What, how has, how have I grown? How have I not grown? How have I processed? And so I think that's a really wonderful opportunity for the church to have events or gatherings or days of reflection or retreats specifically on these topics of mental health and looking back at God's presence through that or suffering. I think this is a really important space that the church can't ignore. Just today, I received an email from the Archdiocese of Baltimore, and they put a, a whole, they sent it out to all the priests, a whole webpage related to this area. So I was really appreciative of the fact that here's a, here's a, a sizable archdiocese that realized, no, we, we have to provide these resources for the pastoral people to be able to be attentive, you know, when people are dealing with the various areas of the post-pandemic, and it's really not quite post-pandemic, but as we're coming, you know, more and more out of things, what's the effect that's there? And there's also then the spiritual piece is how are we assisting our brothers and sisters in making not only the return to church and to the sacraments, but into the community? How is our community different? Do we appreciate that community? To to your point, Chris, about appreciating more, are we appreciating that church community more? What are the ways in which we can do things differently as a church community where we're less anonymous and do notice where, you know, that other person who might be a, a pew or so over. Right. I certainly don't think, you know, that we can go back to business as usual. And I think a lot of people are noticing that. I think, at least in my personal experience, our parish has, the numbers have not come back to what they once were. And so, you know, I think we need to to talk about how can we continue to facilitate that community. And that was something that some of us in the pews were discussing, you know, like things that we took for granted, all of these ministries, like even the hospitality hour, or we had a little children's liturgy, all these things that were just given that were supplemental ways that we could come together as as church in addition to that liturgy itself those have you know were stripped away during the pandemic we were really bare bones. And for a while there, many of us couldn't even attend church. So I think now that we're coming back, we're having to pick up those pieces and say, okay, you know, just because this had been around for 20 years or whatever, doesn't mean it's just going to appear all of a sudden back. You know, how can I bring that back? How can I volunteer my time and energy or, or what are new ways that we can safely meet or gather or whatever it may be? The church is also, at the, the level of the Holy See, also the U.S. Bishops' Conference, you know, how is it that we can be different? You know, what, it, what is our care of, of people who are also beyond our borders in, in, as a country? What are, the, what are the people who are in need, and how are we not only praying for them, but how are we caring for them? And, and, and the people who are on the margins in our society— when we thought we were so in control and that control just gets completely taken away. And now it's like almost as if, okay, I, I want to get back in control again. And, and we really aren't. And, and so how do we reflect on that? And the church is trying to invite us also to that kind of larger reflection that, you know, God's in control. And how are we really loving God and neighbor? particularly by our love of neighbor and that our neighbor is everyone. And I think that started to manifest itself a little bit too, you know, the the neighbor 
the do we just you know distrust the being around our neighbor and and so that I don't I'm not sure that that necessarily helped in some ways in other ways it did where people started to do things for one another in a different way because they just were aware that this other person was in need so it, it offers a time it still offers I, I believe a time where we can look into some deeper reflection as well. And I think the corporal and spiritual works of mercy are a great way to do that as well. And we have a page on our website specifically dedicated to that topic. And then we also have resources on our COVID-19 resource page talking about how how we were able to live the corporal and spiritual works of mercy during the pandemic. And I invite you to, to visit those resources again, because there's a lot of wealth and richness in these resources, not only pertaining to the pandemic itself, but to transitions, to change, to suffering, and to what our prayer life can look like during these times of change and transition, how we can discern. And there's just a wealth of knowledge there, um, as well as some self-care and mental health resources. So we invite you to check out those resources again, and hopefully those will be helpful to you as we continue to, to question what does it look like to return back to church and to process the past year and a half. While we're inviting folks that are listening to, to, to do things, I think to one of the other, in addition to everything that, that Kate said, which I certainly, certainly echo in terms of going back to what we were just discussing about when I look back upon the last year and of course, there was so much sadness all over the place about loss and 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 the and, and the fact that we couldn't be with each other. But also, there was so much positivity about how we were supporting each other and reaching out to the folks that needed it. And I hope that the, we we don't stop doing that, and that we invite the folks that are listening to continue to be change agents in their communities and in their parishes, at their churches, and continue to extend a hand to those that need it and celebrate the wins, even the small ones, because you don't know how that will impact someone. I think it's important to continue to do these positive things that we picked up during the pandemic, you know, even as we move out of it. So, well, thanks everyone. This wraps up another episode of On Mission from the Catholic Apostolate Center. Be sure to like, review, and subscribe so you don't miss an episode. You can find out more about everything we discussed tonight, self-care resources, resources on transition coming out of this pandemic on our website at catholicapostolatecenter.org. And you can find this podcast as well as our other podcasts on Spotify, iTunes, or on our website, catholicapostolatecenterpodcast.com.